Welcome back to the Body Podcast, where we talk strength, conditioning, lifestyle, and everything in between. Today's episode, we have body member Justin David, also known as JD, and he shares why you need these four pillars in your life, physical, emotional, financial, and intellectual health. Justin David, also known as JD, how are you doing? I'm good, Scott. How are you doing? Good, good. You're the uh, second body member to be put on the podcast. Are you excited? Nervous? Dude, I am super, super excited. I mean, um, excited to see where this podcast goes. I mean, yeah. hopefully in uh, a couple of years, you'll be interviewing some bigger names than me. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, always, have, we'll always have you guys come back on, whether I'm famous or not. So. <laughs> I said on the last podcast that... Uh, if we got like 2 million downloads or 2 million reviews, I'd buy someone like a Mercedes. So, you know, it's always something to look forward to. All right. Hopefully we could shoot for that. I think this. Joe Rogan averages like 12 million an episode. So somewhat <laughs> a little less than him. But um, I guess let's, before we start talking a, a little bit, I know we have a couple topics to talk about here, but tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you grew up, where you're from, where'd you go to school? Yeah. So um, I'm originally from Northern California. So born and raised in the... Uh, the East Bay area, uh, Walnut Creek specifically, and uh, went to high school out there. Um, yeah, actually K through 12 out there, and then uh, went to the University of Arizona. Um, what really brought me to the University of Arizona was pretty interesting. I used to come out here every winter um, for baseball camps, played with like Bryce Harper, a bunch of like big names now, um, or people that didn't really make it, um, but yeah, I came to a bunch of baseball camps out here during high school and uh, fell in love with Arizona. Uh, my dad went to Cal Berkeley, so a lot of Pac-12 um, in my life. Yep. Um, and when I was going on all these trips out to Arizona during the winter, I was like, I absolutely love Arizona. Like, the weather is phenomenal. Um, but that was only during the winter. So got a little bit of a rude awakening uh, during the, the summer, but went to University of Arizona um, and yeah, studied economics with a minor in uh, business management. Um, so yeah, uh, got recruited out of, of college to work for this IT services company. Been with them. Uh, it'll be about seven years in July. All right. And what was the company called? Uh, company's called Tech Systems. Oh, you work for Texas? Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you guys, you're a rival of, of my company. What company do you work for? I work for Edgerock. I've never it's heard of it. It's a BG you guys. staffing firm. It's called okay. B, uh, BGSF. Um, but Texas does a lot of staffing across all aspects where we just specialize specifically in the ERP systems. Okay. So gotcha. like, I know like Texas, you probably are, your competitor is Oxford. Not as much Oxford anymore. Okay, um, that's where I started out. Okay, and like then, we shifted a little bit to where we're competing a lot more with like the Deloitte's, the Accenture's. Yeah. So like you're trying more, to do like managed services. More all, services yeah. stuff, yeah. Yeah, so we just, yeah, I'm just probably boring the people, but I just do strictly <laughs> uh, contract staffing. So for like IT people, but all right, and, and from U of A, just we were like got a job, tech systems, here in Scottsdale or Phoenix and just move straight up? Yep, that's been pretty much it. Um, so within the job, um, so I started off as, as a recruiter, right? And then did that for about a year and a half and then went into an account manager role. And then now I'm in a division lead role, um, which is basically like a sales manager role for yeah. people. And, who, and are uh, you um, 
man, you, you have a team under you of X amount of people, but are you also still selling? I'm also still yeah. selling. Yeah. So it's a blessing and a curse at the same time, right? Cause you could kind of lead by example. Um, but then also like you're managing other people's quotas and stuff. Like yeah. You that. have your quota hit. So you have to worry about that. You have to worry about your team's quota yep. and you're, you're each individual person, but also you have a team quota. I'm assuming. Um, and I guess let, let's get into, um, actually before we start talking about like kind of why we brought you on, um, how'd you hear about body? How long you been going? Um, wow. So my timelines get all mixed up because of the pandemic and yeah. all that stuff. Were you going before COVID? Happened? I was going before COVID. So I think I was like a class pack guy for like 2018, 2019. And then as soon as I started doing like the full year, that's when like COVID hit. Yeah. So I was in the squares, in the boxes and all yeah. that good stuff. And um, so, yeah, the last three years I've been like that, the Black Friday paying full kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, so one of the reasons why we brought y'all is you were the first person to actually, you know, listen to what Nikki and I said and, and you know, <laughs> write in why you think you'd be great. And you're the first person and not that people didn't do it, but you're the first one to write in and actually, you know, wrote an articulate, um, you know, email to us and some of the stuff we wanted to talk about. But first we thought, you know, I thought personally you would relate cause you're in sales, mm-hmm. even recruiting, same with me. A lot of people at body are probably in sales roles or a management role where they have to hit quotas and they have a team and it's something that like how do you balance a work-life balance with that yeah and for me it was i've been with my company for for a while now now we've changed the system so it's been a little different but the time is i was so efficient work as a recruiter working our system that i could kind of in an hour i could kind of work for like 30 minutes and get kind of what i need to do done because i when a role came out boom i could activate or uh, act on it very quickly so my work-life balance when we went remote became so much better because i had more time and everything and i could work later at home where when we're in the office i would leave my computer at home i would never bring it home because i'm like work and life are different but now i work from home so i always get stuff later so my work-life balance became better because of covid Mm -hmm. and become more efficient but i guess that's why we you know i said it'd be a good idea to have someone in sales because there's probably a lot of people you know, trying to do that work-life balance where you have a boss that's, you know, you have to hit a quota, you have to do something, um, and it be, it can become stressful, like, where you don't even want to come to the gym some days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> when I think about it, like, there's, like, a couple analogies. Like, I think of everything, like, in an analogy, right? And, like, even pre-pandemic, we were kind of, like, in this, like, rat wheel, right, to where we're just all running like rats on a wheel, um, and before 2020, just... Everyone was addicted to technology, just overwhelmed by global news, um, wrung out on social tensions, um, exhausted body and soul um, from the madness of like modern life, right? So we got instantly thrown back into that, right? And we didn't take a step back to like look at all of those other pillars in life that you were talking about um, outside of your career. Um, so I think that that's where a lot of people's mindsets are, right, of getting back on that wheel, but like still holding on to those things during the pandemic that they picked up. Yeah. So I think a lot of that has been um, how I've came up with, not necessarily came up with these pillars, but how I try and live my life um, when it comes to work-life balance. But um, to your question about like managing, managing a team, right, it's, it's almost like... Um, 
like an airplane, right? When you get on the airplane, they tell you to put your mask on first before you can help put other people's masks on. Yeah. And that's kind of like how I think about my team, right? I got to make sure that I'm doing well. And in fact, my team would start to do well from that too as well. So the way that I lead that group of guys that I do have is um, just making sure that they have some of these pillars all running. Can, and you're talking about these pillars. Can you go into what the four pillars are? Yeah, I could go into to yeah. all four. Um, yeah. So like the first one I, I think about is, is family, friends, community. And I think that body does a great job of that. And that's why I've, I've been going to body for the past five years or so, right? But it's, it's the company you keep. It's the, the community you surround yourself with. Um, people who know your strengths and weaknesses, right? Um, those are the individuals who are going to be able to push you when you need to be pushed or, or kind of take a back seat when you need them to take a back seat, right? So um, these are the people that it's okay to say no, right? Like there's a lot of FOMO that goes along with that, right? And then, I don't know, there's a lot of introverts and extroverts on um, the body, in the body world, right? So it's really understanding like who's in your foxhole to be able to justify why you're not going to be there or why you are going to be there to balance that kind of out. If that makes sense. Yeah. You have questions on that? Like that family, no, friends, I think, community pillar? I, I think that is a big part of anyone when you're trying to think about not even a work-life balance, but just like just life balance in general Yeah, is let's be honest, you, we work 40 hours of work. We are, most people work 40 hours, 45 hours. You're sleeping, let's say, if you are getting eight hours of work of sleep a day, that's two thirds of your life, right? Right there is sleeping and, with, and working. So like your work people know you from work. They don't really know, they might not know the real you. You might not, especially working remote now, a lot of people working remote. Yeah. Your work people know you as this person that does this job. They don't know the actual person about you. So you need to have, you know, Work can become so stressful sometimes by not hitting quotas for me, at least for a month. Like if I don't hit, I'm like, man, I'm not going to get paid. I don't get yeah. commissioned, this. And it stresses you out. And it's nice to have, you know, that family, friends for those other eight hours of the day yeah. that you can rely on that actually know you and don't, like my, a lot of my friends like still have no idea what I do for work. There's a lot of my friends, I have no idea what they do for work. Yeah. I, I know like their title. I couldn't tell you a thing about them, you know, what their job is, but we don't need to. You know, mm-hmm. we don't need to talk about our job. That's the way, like an outlet of life. And if you have a good, you know, family friends that you can always go to and talk to and be there for you that don't care if that you made 10 grand in a commission check. Oh, this yeah. month. They don't care. They're like, hey, we're just trying to have some drinks and play some, you know, board games or something. You know, it's not, that's a good outlet away from everything. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, that, it's that divide. And like, I'm sure like during the pandemic, that's when you're probably calling your friends a little bit more. You're calling your family a little bit more. Um, we were playing, what was a game? There was a game, something house, coach, not coach house, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, fun house or whatever it is where you could like go and play like games. Like you could all be live on there in like a video. And yeah. You play these games. And then, I mean, we were setting up like online, like just poker for friends all around just yeah. to like hang out for a couple hours. So we'd all get on like a team's video, but I'll be playing like poker on the side and, and hanging out, so that's what that's what I was doing a lot more of. And I think now that I've gone back, I, I realize sometimes I don't talk to my friends as much as I was during the pandemic or right. and stuff. 
Yeah. So again, that's to my point of like that rat wheel, right? We were running in it and then we like stepped out of it and we elevated these other pillars in life and completely like disengaged into those pillars and ran straight back into that rat wheel. So that's one of them. Um, the second one's mental health, right? So, um, like how are you finding those outlets to, to decompress or get everything out of your system out of a hard day of work? Um, whether that be journaling, reading, I mean, a lot of this for me is, is my faith, um, and, and taking pauses throughout the day with like prayer. Um, one thing that I actually really love that everyone's been doing, and I've been seeing a lot of the Instagrams and I've you've been doing them too as well is the the hot girl walks <laughs> and just taking that time of like putting that pause in your day um to just slow down like a, a, a book that i read that absolutely changed my life was uh the ruthless elimination of hurry um by john mark comer um and there's an analogy that he talks about sorry i'm using a ton of analogies um but there's an analogy he talks about how like luxury, like say in the 60s, 70s, right, was like driving a convertible, like at a slow pace, like right down the PCH on the coast. And now you watch a car commercial and you're speeding through a busy city and trying to find parking, you find parking and then you run and then you just make that meeting just in time. Like yeah. the way that society has shifted, it's rush, 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 rush. Where it's like now, like let's take a step back and let's look into um, just slowing down. Um, because, I mean, you know, dude, like with sales, like you're not gonna. The more and more and more you press into it, the the, the more you're gripping the bat tighter. It's not gonna make things happen. Yeah. No, you're gonna you're gonna be a, a slump. Yeah. If you if because if you get desperate on those calls or something, you know, they can tell they it. They can feel it on the other end. It, it doesn't come natural. It doesn't feel, um, so the best sales reps and it, it does help, you know, in our company or probably in a lot of companies where they're making a lot of money so they can kind of be a little like, Oh, if I don't close this deal, it's not going to hurt me. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I'm making a ton of money right now. So they can be a little more like cocky. I guess you'd call it on the phone, but a little more just like, Hey, this is how I work. If you don't want to work with me, no pressure, whatever. And they just kind of go like that. Yeah. Like if you haven't closed a deal in three months, the commission checks aren't coming in. You're, you could be a little more, you know, desperate on the phone, mm -hmm. and and I think a lot of clients can can hear that and sense that too. Yeah. So just slow down, uh, take those pauses. I mean, journaling has been like something that I picked up during COVID. Like, there's a lot of things that everyone picked up during COVID. Journaling was one of mine, and I stuck to it. Um, and like, I think starting simple, right? Like waking up and writing what you're grateful for um, just changes a lot of perspective, right? And like for me, again, like faith is a big part of my life um, and I just take pauses throughout my day and, and pray and just whatever that might look like for, for other people of, of just taking that pause, right? Um, yeah, like again, hot girl, hot girl walks, yeah, I, I think, love the concept. I think everything that everyone is different everyone works differently yeah. and you just fig just try to figure out what works for you mm -hmm. from you know your mental health it might be a walk it might be praying it it might be 20 minutes of like a quiet nap where you just lay down and just don't think and you just sit there it might be reading it could be a lot of different things but you got to figure out just what works best for you yeah you know for anyone too 
Absolutely. I, and reading's another thing too that I picked up during the pandemic and it, again, it, it forces you to slow down. Like I was a huge like audiobook guy and then now I'm, I like to turn the page of a book and like have the completion of the book. Um, and that has in turn like slowed things down for me instead of trying to rush through a book or doing two things at once yeah. uh, when you're listening to an audio book and then um, doing something like you can't do that when you're actually reading. No, you, have a to re- book. you have to rewind. Yeah. I do, yeah. I do it all the time or I'm listening to a podcast or something, but I'm thinking about work or something. I just like, Oh, I didn't listen. I rewind it. Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, so family again, mental health and then physical health. And I think that just like physical health really just goes in tandem with mental health, right? It's like eating right, drinking a little bit less, working out, um, again, finding those specific outlets like body boxing, Ramsey Harbor, you guys crush it. Um, that has been a huge outlet for me, um, within physical health as well as just getting like everything out. Right. Um, so I think that's just a really big one too, as well. I mean, obviously we're talking on a gym podcast, so I think that's pretty, pretty, (laughs) pretty standard, but I think we can all relate to that. Yeah. It's a, it's a domino effect though, dude. Like, um, when you stop working out, right. And then you stop taking care of yourself. So how are you bringing the best version of yourself to work? Right. You're, you're groggy. Um, you lack that, that joy, um, when you're holding on to all those things that work got you bugged up about. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm no expert like in, in all these pillars by any means, but I just think that I've been able to put in certain things in my life to just have that balance. Um, and then the last one, right? So we're talking about work-life balance. So the last one's career. Um, so we're, again, thinking a lot about our careers and talking about our careers, but there's a lot of successful people that are, that are listening to this right now. Um, and in my perspective, like money really doesn't solve everything. And I'm sure you've seen this too, but we know people that make millions of dollars a year. Um, and we say to ourselves, they say to themselves, like, once I hit this certain amount of money, like I'm going to be good. I'm out. Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) Right. And then they hit that amount of money and then there's another milestone and then another milestone and another milestone. I read something, um, a little while back, but it, it was like most people kind of live within their means because as soon as you make, you say you start out salary 50 grand, then you make 75 that next year. Then you hit a hundred for the first time. Right. And then you go to 150 grand. You're thinking like, if you had told, if I had told 22-year-old Scott you'd be making 150 grand this year, I'd have been like, dude, I'm going to be rich. I'm, I'm going to live the same. I'm going to live in the same apartment. I, I'm not a fancy guy. But then all of a sudden, like, you go out and eat now once or twice. So you go out to eat to a nicer restaurant than you normally would be just cooking. You, you, you have a glass of wine. You don't think about it. Um, yeah. You buy a little nicer car. You buy a house. And all of a sudden, it's like you're living almost like in your means still. And yeah. you don't, you maybe you're saving a little bit more into the 401k or stuff, but so you're not seeing that money for a while. So you're kind of just still there going like, man, I do need to make my lifestyle is now 150 grand. How do I make 200 grand now to save more money? But then in reality, you might just start spending a little more. It's like, that's a, a thing that I think a lot of people go through. It's like, if you had told me at 22, you know, I'd be making six figures, I would have been like, cause I was trying to coach college basketball and that was no money in there. So if you told me six figures, I would have been like, 
done. Yeah, you know, I'd have, like, have been I'd the richest guy in the world. Like, and how I work. But like for me though too is, I do pretty well. There's a lot of people in my company that do very well, um, and they do a, a lot. I'm in like the middle of the pack, and I do pretty well. But a lot of these, some of these guys, you know, other companies too, I know my buddies that make a lot of money in sales, they work like 10, 12 hour days yeah. and they make, you know, three X what I do uh-huh. more than half, half, probably upwards of three quarters of a million dollars. And I, but they're happy because they love having a lot of money. They want to retire a lot early. They want to do all this stuff. That's great. I'm like, well, I really like what I do and I have a great work life balance. So I wouldn't give it up at least right now. Yeah, for that I, I I could never work twelve hour days in a sales office, sell on the phone all day, I, even for half a million dollars. Yeah. It, I would I would mentally mentally I would die. I would never go to the gym. I'd become fat. I'd have to buy new suits. <laughs> like that's just how I know. But I but I know me personally. Yeah, if I had to do that to make like half a million dollars or work 10, 12 hour days every day Monday through Friday and be up at like in the office at six, leaving at six, just trying to sell and hit quotas all day. Like I know me personally, my mental health, my physical health would just crumble. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and again, too, like to bring it back to people who have kids and families too, right? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. If, if again, they're constantly trying to hit this number and it's never going to be what it's cracked up to be, at least from what I've seen. Um, yeah. And there's going to also be that lack of fulfillment um, when you're ignoring like the physical, the mental, uh, the family pieces. And that's why I talk about career last because like kind of want to put that on the bottom of the totem pole if work-life balance is something that's really important to you yeah I, so we have family we have mental health physical health and career uh, let me ask you this you're you're in a management role i guess how do you go about managing your employees you know people that are under you because everyone's different yeah like i know for instance my one of the best boss i ever had He's a big analogy guy. He, I mean, he, he probably had 400 analogies up here. And, yeah. But one of the things that he always did, I'm more of a numbers person. I look at everything from like a stats perspective. So you like, like to see the data. I, I, if, if you're telling me this is a 51% chance and a 49, I'm going to go 40. I'm not, if like heads, if, if heads will flip out, even though it's 50, 50, but if like somehow <laughs> you said like heads was actually 50.1 and 49.9, I would always just pick heads because the number is a little better. And just out of statistics, that's how I, that's how I think. And he would always break down, all right, we need, you need three deals a month, right? Let's just call it. Yeah. Three deals a month. How do we do those? Because I work in recruiting. All right. Say you close one of every three deals. So you need nine interviews. How do you get nine? Inter- He'd break it down. And I'm a numbers person. So we break it down to how many, how many phone calls do you, and rather yeah. than like, Hey, just make a bunch of phone calls. So it will lead to that. It was like, you need this, this, every, you know, three people you submit. So you need 12 leads. Every one of those, you need a you know, interview one of them. So we broke it down. Like you need to have this many phone calls to get this many things that will lead to this. And he broke it up from the other way. Yeah. And I always thought that was good for me, but there was a, there's a girl on our team that's very good, but she's like, I don't care about any of that. I'm just going to get on the phone and dial. I just, yeah. just, just tell me what the role is and I'll just call. Like she didn't, she didn't care about numbers or anything. She's like, I'm just going to, I don't know what my numbers are. I just call nonstop until I find someone. That's what I, that's what she does. Yeah. It might be six calls. It might be 25 calls one day. She's like, I just call until I find someone. That's yeah. how I look at it. No, no, I've seen all those different ways of, of selling and how people think and going into that. Right. So um, like I've had leaders that will break it down that way. Right. And then I've also had leaders that are like, just sell as much as you can. Um, like, 
or to your point of like the data is like you need this many outputs to lead to this many interviews to this many deals closed or like people even breaking it down to the like dollar number of like hey you need this amount of average revenue to get to this to hit that certain quota um but to answer your question like in, in leading this team like um it's it's four guys they're they're rockstar dudes and um they can't be led the same like i don't think anybody could be led the exact same way um but the way that i i try and have a common theme with them is like i'm constantly checking with them on hey like where are, are these pillars at in your life right now um and with that like i think that the sales is going to follow like if if they are if they're running on all cylinders physically mentally they're in a good spot with their family they're going to bring their best version of themselves to work and the numbers are going to come um just to what we were talking about right of like that that mental aspect and getting into the gym and being again the best version of yourself um the customer feels it on the other end yeah. So that's, again, that's my coaching style. Again, I've had to alter it to make it more specific. It really just depends on like the individual that I'm leading at that time. So some people are money motivated. Yeah. There are people that are just like, Hey, I don't get, I just want to make as much money as I possibly can. That's all I care about, which is a different coaching style than someone that, you know, has, has a work life balance. I had a, a consultant who basically created a, um, a system that it could track the kind of see um, if employees were at risk leaving mm. and it would take all together all this data and it would just be like all right you have you have a kid your commute's 45 minutes a day all this other stuff and be like hey they might not know but another couple of months this person might be like i don't want to drive an hour i got a kid at home all this so it it gives you like all this idea of like this is why yeah. And you, this company would be like, oh, you know what? Why don't we let her work remote two days a week, right? That costs the company $0. Yeah. And it makes her happy. She can spend more time, doesn't have to commute all the time, save money, work from home, right? And this was before COVID. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them would be like, he's kind of peaked. You bring, and you bring him in like, hey, you know, what's going on? I see you kind of peaked. Is, is everything all right at home? Like, what's going on? They try to gather information. It's like, no, I haven't got a raise in two years. Like, that's why you're just, he's like, yeah, I just feel like I'm sad. He's like, oh, we we can fix that. Yeah. But that's not like that. We Let me make a call and, and, you know, give him a raise if he wants a five, 10 grand, whatever it is. You know, I, I it was, it was a quite a fascinating just talking to him on the phone about how they like try to find at risk people, like people flight the risk. Because if you do it's one of those, one of your, you know, guys, your sales reps, you know, it costs a lot of money to train a new person, get oh, them yeah. up to speed with them. So it's like, it's even if they're just an, like I always says, even if you just have a team of okay sales reps, it's better than retraining a new person that, you know, I think like 35% of new trainees just leave within the first three months of sales. Yeah. So it's like, it's better just to like figure out how do we, how can I now get the best of this person that's just like an okay sales rep? Because then if you can get the best out of them and make them happy, you know, they're not at risk to leave. And Yeah. And you, I mean, you know, our industry, right? It's, it's, it's cutthroat. Like, I think it's the purest form of sales because it's, it's a product that is unreliable selling to a pro a person that's unreliable. And it's just the, again, like the purest form of sales. And there's like a lot of things need to go right. Um, so there's that 
again, there's that stress that I try and coach through of like, Hey dude, it's gonna, it's gonna take you 18 months to at least feel like you're walking in like in your, in your shoes and doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. It's uh in sales tough because if you, you get told no, you get told the part of my language, but go fuck yourself a lot in on the phone you get, and it's tough to just take rejection all the time. Um, it's and and stuff like that. So I, when people are having bad days, like the worst thing that could be is, you know, a manager also jumping down their throat. Yeah, dude. And, and the people that we hire in sales and you guys probably hire in sales, like they're loud, outgoing, type A type of people that aren't used to getting said no to. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when we had like, when we had fresh college grads coming on, they weren't used to getting said no to and that constant like failure yeah. It just wore and tore them. And I don't know about you, but we're in IT, at least in our industry, we're not transactional sales. It's not like call someone and try to close a deal today. I'm not, not yeah. going door to door. It's like we're tracking something for like three, four months. And so if you're a sales rep, you've been hanging with this manager and tracking for three, four months and you lose out on the deal. Like that's just like, you felt like you just wasted three months of your, de- your oh, life. Yeah. It, 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 it stinks, but. But it's how many people do you have in that pipeline of yeah. more than just that one person yeah. for that three and, and months? Yeah, and it's coaching them up and, and figure out, again, what – my boss was awesome. I, like, I think we had a terrible quarter one year. I think it was like my second year here. And we had a terrible quarter, and it's, it's you know, March 30th, right? Like, we're not going to hit our goal by the quarter because we work in IT, right? Mm-hmm. We're not – it's not transact. No one's going to get a deal that's close that starts that's going to hit our budget. It was a Friday. He was like – he like stood up. He's like, everyone put your computers away. Close it up. It's like 11 o'clock on a Friday. He's like, we're going to lunch and we're, we're calling it a day. We're not going to do anything about it. We can't or go. Just come back Monday and let's try it again. <laughs> and that's what we did. And it made you be like, all right, this guy kind of gets it. He knows he's not down to throw. He's not going to get it. It's a long process. Let's just restart on Monday. Yeah. We can come back a little more energized on Monday. You know? Yeah, that's Rather than good. being miserable on Friday and then miserable on Monday. You know, it's just a, a little more, but also helps that we're out here and a lot of our clients are East Coast too. So it's like, you know, Friday yeah. in the summer, no one's really working. But um, I know it's probably boring a lot of people. I was just talking about our <laughs> sales, but some people relate. Um, I want to get into a little, because you got a lot of interesting things that you're, uh, you're kind of doing. Um, you're leaving this summer. Can you kind of go in what you're doing, yeah, where you're man. going? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I think a, a, a good... Um, thing to talk about too, right? And in, in, in work life balance, right? Is is like the people in Europe. Like you've been you've been to Europe I would, quite yeah, a few I times, would. right? No, I went once one time one, for three weeks. That was one time. First time. That's your first time. Well, I'm sure you'd notice like the people in Europe, like they don't live to work. Like they they work to live. And I I mean I think that's the perspective that we could adopt a little bit more of here in the States. I mean, again, it's run, 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 run here. But um, just in Europe, like people just enjoying themselves. Well, the, everything's built in. So I think it's 35 hour work weeks. So yeah. it, it's seven hours a day. No, I think they actually work for eight hours, but it's, it's, um, it's like an hour to two hour lunch break in the middle of the day. Yeah. And then at night it's crazy because I think people start at like 10 o'clock and they work till like five. Um, and what I notice is people go to dinner at like six and they stay there till like eight or nine. And it's not like a quick dinner and eat on, like you said, no. go, 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 go. <laughs> it's literally, we're here to hang out and have friends. I think that's why I have a good life, work life balance too. And like uh, the, probably their mental health is great because they just literally sit around 
for two hours, have whatever food, have a glass of wine, have yeah. a drink, and they hang out and they chat for two to two and a half hours. And, and they walk everywhere. Walk like we everywhere. were talking about. Like they, it's just great. It's also so cheap to travel between, you know, oh yeah, like, like 75 bucks for a train, 50 bucks sometimes for trains. Yeah. And you can stay in like cheaper hotels. You know, the hotels are super small. Yeah. Um, but it, it's definitely a good, I think in theory, we should try to adopt some of the stuff. I just don't think it will ever happen because yeah, our no. culture and everything is about, you know, make as much money as you can, you know, you know, make as much money and, and, you know, go hundred miles an hour at all times. But it isn't, if you ever get a chance and you guys can go over to Europe, it's just a, a just a different, just a relaxing lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. I love it. So yeah, I just wanted to like preface that when I'm talking work life balance and then, um, these trips I got coming up. So, um, I'm, I'm in discipleship school, so it's, uh, it's a four hour class every Sunday, um, that ends with a, a two week mission trip to Thailand. Um, so we'll be doing that. Um, super, super excited to just get into a, a third world country and kind of see how, um, things are, I guess, different, <laughs> right. than than your average, like Europe or places like that. Um, so the, the discipleship school that's been something that's been really special uh, for me and, and, and life changing the last um, it'll be a year um, it'll be a year in July and then I think we take off um, in June um, for that mission trips over to Thailand nice. um, so after Thailand I, I'm back here for a week week and a half um, then I go out to Spain, um, and then a flight from Spain to um, Rome, and then training up from Rome to Florence to Milan, and then have a wedding in Lake Como. And that's just that's your own vacation, not not a mission. No, not a mission. That's just vacation slash wedding. But I'm just feeling like I'm gonna be exhausted that entire month. I did I did 19 days, no 22 days, and I think the 19th day. I was in my, I was in Barcelona too. I was like laying on my, uh, the bed. I was like, man, if someone offered me a ticket to go home right now, I'd take it. Really? I, was, I just, cause it was, luckily my boss let me work uh three to eight out there time. So I, I worked okay. like 10 to two our time out here, like to the middle of the day, try to get my work done in like four or five hours. I, so you're done at eight. I go out to dinner, meet some people, stay up, have, yeah. you know, dinner, dinner's last like two hours, three hours yeah. of drinking. And then I like wake up, I try to do tour stuff in the morning and I just did that every single night. I was yeah. touring something, I was eating, drinking, and just for 19 straight days, it was, it was, it was a lot. I, dude, I, I love Barcelona, but it's almost kind of like a, a Vegas to where you can only spend so much time there because people are going to dinner at like nine o'clock and then going out at like one o'clock and then watching the sunrise and yeah, so... That's the, the personal trip. And then um, in September, um, I'm doing a trip to Portugal uh, with my dad. Um, so I don't, I don't know the exact details of it, but it's Camino de Santiago. I think it's a, a 10 mile hike of some sort um, that me and him will be doing together. So um, just really special and excited for that. Um, and then, just in between that, all the 
different bachelor parties and weddings. Oh, yeah. and, I mean, we're at that age, right, <laughs> to where it's like every other I think weekend. I think I'm on, the, like, I'm on the end of that now. A lot of my <laughs> friends are, are married and uh, I've already done that. So I'm, uh, there's not too many left yeah. except, except for my own, right? <laughs> <laughs> not anytime soon. Uh, but all right, so I, I guess in one, you know, we kind of talked about you, know, you growing up, your sales, you know, where you're at now. And then, obviously, what you're doing for your mission. One of the reasons why I wanted to, you know, do this podcast and I talked to Nikki about it was, you know, there might be someone that goes to Bali that might be a grad, might have just lost their job, might be looking for a job. Are you guys hiring at Tech Systems? Um, yeah, we're always hiring. Yeah, sales, recruiting. Sales, recruiting, all the above. All right, so if, if you are out there and you're looking for a new job or you're looking for a job, recent college grad, and you want to get into sales and recruiting, well, message jd what's your what's your instagram it's uh j-a-y-d-e-h underscore um but yeah i mean if anyone wants to 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 even just have a lunch have a conversation around it more than happy to um also to um we're the church that i'm doing this discipleship school with we're actually planting a new one in Arcadia so if anyone's looking for a, a church home that's coming out in the fall of this year perfect yeah hey, re- reach out uh, this will come out in uh, a few weeks and obviously if you want to be a part of church reach out to JD this is one of the reasons why I wanted to start the body podcast was um, obviously to become rich and famous <laughs> but uh, no was too I thought it'd be cool like, there might be someone that we interview that's looking for a new job that we could help and if it helps one person I think it was worth it you know get a job or you know even if there's another manager out there that's in sales that wanted to reach out to JD grab a lunch ask him how um, you know he goes about managing people and just spitballing ideas so I always thought it was great and if you want to be a part of the church and obviously if you have time or you can do a, a mission um, definitely reach out to to JD yeah cool alright well thanks for coming on yeah I appreciate it no problem this is awesome absolutely Thank you.